0: Okay, hello. Welcome to episode 260 of Sack Kings Therapy. Um, the Kings just lost to the Toronto Raptors at home, 113-95. to It was an ugly one, and it was not in the Kings' favor. And, okay, well, with me to talk about this rather ugly game, welcome back, uh, Fong. Hello. I don't think you're good luck at
1: all. No, no, It seems like <laughs> every time I come back from a warm break, it seems like uh, we lose.
0: But I don't know. I I think I think it's honestly whatever. But yeah, what a, what a game to come back to. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. Well, anyways, let's just quickly talk about the game. I, I'm not even going to spend too much time on because kind of want to wipe this out of my memory. But the Kings, can they, the Kings and Raptors, it was. It started out like a fun game. The, the Raptors showed off their insane just length. I call them just a team of small ball fives. And then there was Fred Van Vliet and uh, Gary Trent. But the rest of the team is just a bunch of guys who can play small ball fives. And they just use their length to basically its maximum potential. Like you would have thought this team was, you know, a top, at least a top six team in the East. They're actually uh, the 12th seed right now, one and a half, I think one game behind outside of the plan right now. And, but in this game, they utilize all their gifts to their advantage. And the, their number one gift, I guess, is their length. Their length was suffocating for the Kings.
1: Yeah. It seems like every time we go to the paint, it, I mean, shoot, it seems like we got stripped. Uh potentially fouled but you know it is what it is and you know I, we just got to play against that kind of wave and we really didn't have uh anyone bigger than Sabonis or Rashawn out there to uh combat it I don't
0: think it was so much about combating they just could not figure out like the the weak spot of the Raptors like I, I would have to re-watch the tape but I remember that in during the Raptors game they got physical. Like Sabonis was an absolute like just absolutely kind of punking guys in that game, but it just didn't happen this game unfortunately. You know, Sabonis had a terrible game. The his double-double streak comes to an end. He had he had 9 points, uh nine, 8 rebounds and 4 assists and 9 turnovers. Just he was he was a bit, he was out of it. Like, you know, he he got frustrated with when, when he just got no foul calls and he couldn't hit a shot. Um, and then, like, and then also, he would just he just like lost rhythm. He got frustrated and you know, just started randomly turning the ball over. It, it just was he, he was definitely the most affected by the length.
1: Yeah, definitely, definitely. Without uh Sabonis being that, uh, you know, HUD of offense for us, uh, when he's out there, it the offense wasn't really going as you know, planned to be honest and he is the hub of the offense like you know what if you
0: like it hasn't happened before this like you know if you can shut down to bonus the offense tends to bog down a little bit and that's basically what happened and then you know not not to like pile on or anything but like you know De'Aaron Fox was also a bit bothered this game he got into foul trouble a little bit not that it really affected him throughout the game but he also kind of struggled uh, and stretches like you know again just the insane length, just not letting guys get to their spots The the Raptors wouldn't let the Kings get to their spots. It really bothered the Kings and they just, they didn't have any way of actually, you know, counteracting for whatever reason.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And then you talk about like getting to their spots, like on the other side, Raptors got to whatever spot they won. particularly Pascal Siakam. Like th- there was a stretch in the third quarter when the game got blown open, where just for, you know, the Kings need to get better at this. They just need to stop a guy from getting into the paint so easily before he meets like someone's chest. Like he just got into the, got into the paint, got into the free throw line, you know, and then does a little turnaround jumper or just a straight up pull up jumper. It was so easy for them. And then, you know, on the other side, you just can't score well enough to actually be able to, you know, match them. And that's basically how the Kings lost this game. The scoring, I mean, the scoring was, or their scoring abandoned them is what I'm trying to say. Like they end up only scoring 95 points, like odds to look it up, but like, you know, that's probably only happened like less than three times, I think this season, and they just could not score. And then on the other side, their defense, not just not good at forcing you know, guys that get uncomfortable, they just let they allow straight line drives. They allowed the Raptors to get to their spots, and there there was that. It was it was
1: too easy for them. Yeah, and also on the Raptors side, they got a lot of offensive rebounds. Not a, lo- a lot per se, but I mean th- they had the length to grab those rebounds and uh, you know outscore ourselves in the second ch- yeah. second chance points department i believe was it 18 points to our two
0: yeah so there's the big thing but also you look at the field goal attempts the kings only shot 73 while the raptors shot 97 field goal attempts Mm. that's 20 plus more attempts and you know the raptors just came in they just came in ready to play and the kings were not able to match it and you know a part of it is just that just the size and the length that the Raptors have like the bench unit literally had to guard Chris Boucher with Malik Monk. Like, I don't know what you're really mm-hmm. supposed to do with that, but they just weren't ready to match the they just couldn't match the Raptors.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And you know, it it is sometimes like you're just gonna have games like this, like it's it's not a good sign at all. I wouldn't overreact to this game, but the Raptors might have just kind of shown you like, you know, we're jumping ahead a little bit, but like, if you want to shut down the Kings, Kings in the playoffs, this is what you do. You shut down Sabonis, you bother them with length and you just collapse in the paint. Because the one thing I'll say about Sabonis that it hasn't really hurt the Kings as much, not great at attacking the double team. Part of it is just like the, the cutters don't cut properly. Like the way Jokic is able to carve up double teams is that their offense is just so beautifully designed in that there's always a cutter and there's always a guy open on the other side for a three. The Kings haven't mastered that, haven't kind of mastered that spacing yet. And, you know, it will come with time. We'll see if they can adjust. But this is kind of one of those wake up calls is like, you know, when you can't, when you're, when you can't score, you got to be able to turn to your defense. And their defense just didn't have it. They're scoring abandoned them. And this is kind of what you get. The, the Kings are going to have to learn to adjust, and the weird thing is they did adjust in Toronto of all places on the second night of a back-to-back, but they couldn't do it, you know, at home with a day a day's worth of rest. It's just a bit odd to me, but it is what it is. You're going to have nights like this.
1: Oh yeah, I'm pretty sure we'll be able to jump back. And uh, actually, what is the next game? To be honest, uh,
0: Minnesota on Saturday. Oh, okay,
1: <laughs> that'll be an interesting game.
0: Yeah, when you get to go up against Rudy Gobert, that will be interesting. You know, look, look it, it is what it is. I wouldn't overreact to this loss. You know, every now and then you're just going to have just weird losses like this. And, you know, like hopefully, you know, Mike Brown, co- you know, does his job, coaches up everybody, you know, points out what they did wrong and, you know, correct it for the next
1: game.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, anything else uh, that catch your caught your eye with the game?
1: uh besides the refing, i mean it's been kind of all over the place to be honest uh the refing was not good this game
0: and like before you say oh the kings got screwed again the moves no. were bad on both sides
1: yeah like- definitely bad on both sides it seemed like yeah like you said during the game all the calls that seem like should have been called don't get called but the little things get called
0: yeah. So one of the reasons why Sabonis struggled so much, he got hacked so much down low, but no calls whatsoever. That's why he got frustrated. And then on, and then all of a sudden, they will call a little ass touch foul, like whether it's on the Kings or on the Raptors. It was just one of the worst ref games I've seen in a while. Just nothing was called down low. And then for like little ass things on the perimeter would get called. It's, it's a very stupidly asphyxiated game. And it did not help. Ha- it does not help the Kings' case, but, like, they couldn't get into rhythm, and that was part of why. Like, they just, you know, you, you don't know what's a foul, and, you know, you couldn't get anything down low because there was just no calls. Like, Sabonis really struggled this game because of it.
1: hmm Well, other than that, hopefully we could bounce back. Um, I mean, again, I, I feel like our bench is still lacking in the department of – uh we need that kind of push while our starters uh, get some rest. But it is what it is, really. We we are a pretty small team compared to uh, a team like the Raptors.
0: Yeah, I, well, I mean, we'll talk about it. Well, I won't spoil into it, but I do talk about the Rui Hachimura thing. Like, this is a game where kind of a Rui Hachimura probably would help you a little bit. Granted, I've heard he's a bit soft, but, like, that's a bit of size you can kind of put in and some scoring that you can put. Yeah, just not a it's it's not been great for the bench um as of late. They had a great stint last game, but this game not so much. And you know that it's not on them. It, it's more like the unfortunately the starters didn't show up either. Mm. You know, that, that's the big thing. But the bench is gonna give you what the bench is gonna give you. They're they're gonna they're gonna more or less do their thing. And I didn't think they were terrible by any means, but because the rest of the team was terrible. Oh yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it it's just kind of, it's just kind of trickled down to like to them from the starters. So it is what it is. I think just the starters need to get back on track because it's two games where I don't think the star, I don't think this two stars played all that well. Granted uh, Fox won the defensive player of the game chain last game, but on offense, he was pretty meh. but, and then Sabonis had like, he had eight turnovers last game, you know, just overall, just, he's been, he's been kind of smothered by just, a, like length inside like he struggled against you know jaron jackson on the weak side last game and you know he's gonna have to find a way to actually beat like beat that like when a guy when he has to just kind of go ham down low and we'll see if he can find an adjustment oh yeah okay uh some quick news i want to just quickly go over before uh the commercial break and we start talking about the money mcnair extension so we will end on a good note um so, uh, so from James Hamp, both on his Kings Beat podcast at ESPN thirteen twenty, going into the trade deadline, the Kings are very unlikely to trade Keegan. So, for example, if there is talk about you know, um, what's his name, Lowry marketing to to the Jazz, the Kings will are not going to trade him for Lowry, Lowry marketing, if that means anything.
1: Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, that's good. Uh. Because I I like Keegan. Um, for Lowry, I mean, geez, I, it's gonna be have to be something more than just Keegan as well. Probably Barnes and uh, maybe a pick or two. What makes you say that? What, what do you mean?
0: <laughs> I mean, they get they get younger with Keegan. Yeah, Keegan is good. He's and you know he's gonna be better in the future. Lowry is do, playing well this year.
1: Uh, yeah, it's just. I don't want to give up on the young guy yet. <laughs> I, I'm starting to like him.
0: No, oh, what I mean is, like, what? oh, are you saying wh- why would the Jazz do this?
1: Do you mean? Well, uh, I would want to say, why would either side do this, to be honest?
0: Well, you know, they, they want, they they want, well, they're not going to get Victor anymore. I don't think it's too far to drop down. But, you know, like, they, they do want to tank, I assume. So, you know, like, get younger, get maybe. I wouldn't give up a draft pick in this situation. If I'm giving Keegan, you're not getting, getting jack shit from me other, otherwise. So mm-hmm. that's just me. But yeah, and also, uh, you know, he was in this game. Like he, like Kings are unlikely to even trade him for OG.
1: Mm, well, one-on-one, you mean?
0: Yeah, there would be salary matching, but n- no, like Keegan would not be in the deal. No, I,
1: I wouldn't do that either.
0: Yeah, OG, I thought he was fine this game. He was kind of their sharpshooter this game. I thought he was I thought he was okay, but I don't know, That didn't really impress me.
1: No, I mean the rest of the team pretty much did most of the work anyway.
0: Yeah. Um okay, so apparently uh Scott Freshour, our uh Kings MC will be the will be the MC for uh All-Star game, so I thought that so I thought that was really cool in Utah.
1: Oh, interesting, really.
0: Yeah, so he'll be the MC. I, I I'm pretty sure that that's what I saw. And you know, he he's a really good MC. If you're ever at a Kings game, like he he's really really fun. He really brings the energy. Um yeah, really good to see him get this opportunity.
1: Oh yeah, congrats for him. Jeez. That's a pretty big job for him.
0: Yeah, so we'll see how that goes. Also, reportedly, um the All-Star game, uh the the captains are going to choose the players live. So that's going to be interesting
1: yeah that's that's definitely could be interesting i wonder uh well for the east is it's between kevin and uh Giannis at this point right i believe so i wonder if kevin's gonna <laughs> draft good uh well i guess pick well uh, for uh, this all-star I-, I hate the way kevin durant drafts with an all-star game but
0: because he gets bucket getters and he doesn't care about anything else it's a it's a bit annoying and like he's lost um i think both times he's been the captain so you know change up your strategy bro
1: Oh, never know maybe he'll somehow pick better this time and i don't know (laughs) who knows
0: yeah uh okay uh one more thing before we uh kick it over to commercial break uh, so we talk about the Monty McNair extension. Uh, we forget to mention that uh Wes Wilcox, uh the assistant GM, also got an extension. So basically, uh he got a he got a three-year extension along with Monty. Basically, it all lines up with Mike Brown as coach. So we don't mention that. I just want to mention this before we uh before we go into, you know, deep kind of deep diving into uh the Monty McNair extension.
1: And mm-hmm. other news
0: this is probably the one of the biggest news of you know the past few years other than the Tyrese trade like so Monty McNair the man that traded Tyrese Halliburton he signs an extension with the Kings uh the deal is three years and basically lines up uh with Mike Brown's contract there are no details of whether he uh or there's no details about like how much he's getting paid it's usually not I don't think it's public information for the most part, but there's no, there's no, uh, I couldn't find anything that says where, what he's being paid, but it is three years. And we finally put that demon to bed. Finally put, finally put that, put the speculation down. Uh, Monty McNair will be in Sacramento going forward.
1: Yeah, that's great because it seems like uh, from what I read, his contract was ending like within the next, like what? couple months two months this, three months this offseason basically yeah pretty much so yeah it's great to hear um no more you know having to search around for gm because i mean he's done already so much for us that you, you might as well resign him right i was actually even gonna do a bit of a gag
0: going into the trade deadline like i was gonna say you know like we all say well i we all imagine modem wants to resign but vivek says no but what if it's the other way around? The vet's trying to sign him and he's saying no because right now, or like before he signed this extension, he is a hot free agent at the end of at the end of the year, and he is gonna command a price because he turned around the Sacramento kinks. Like so many GMs have come in and failed. Like fucking Bill Russell came in and said fuck this shit I'm saying i I'm, I'm not staying here for for another few years like the bi- the greatest winner of all time said came in and said fuck this <laughs> and Monty McNair was able to turn it around like there there are, there are very few people in this you know in the industry in history that have been been able to turn this uh franchise around and Monty McNair is one of them and had he held out until the end of the season he could have squeezed out a, an amazing you know his price would have gone up. Like the vet would have had, would have been forced to pay a higher price than probably let's that he might be comfortable with, because he could use that as leverage. Hey, you know Washington Wizards, they might be looking for a new GM. Uh, but it won't happen. But like Blazers, like say for example, hey, we can add uh, Monty McNair. Uh, Houston, like Houston might be looking for a general manager to come back. Like, you know, he could use that as leverage. But that is now all put to bed. They're... There's one thing that we don't have to stress about as Kings fans because we have these games to stress about, and it's pretty much more than enough. So that, again, has been put to bed.
1: Yeah, pretty much.
0: Okay, well, I guess uh, first thing, first things first, now that he's signed an extension, there are other questions that uh, we really should be discussing. Basically, because he signed the extension, now it's assumed that he is going to have control over uh over decisions uh for the next few years so like in particular big decisions so the first big decision that came up that i could think of was does harrison barnes get an extension now because you know he he's been playing great lately and you know he is the he is the exact type of player that you know if you're a winning team that you need to have and the kings have held on to him and you know, for this long, and he's probably at his lowest value, or maybe he's at his at a higher value because he's been playing so well lately. But do you think he gets an extension? Um, you know, before the end of the season,
1: I feel like he should most definitely. Do you I think mean he will, or he, now, Of he, course, he... we both
0: think he should. Will he? But and also, it is does
1: he want an extension? Oh, yeah. Those are tough questions that you know only harrison barnes can answer but i mean he will get extension if i were you know the king's organization and to be honest we haven't heard many you know trade rumors about him as a way because i'm pretty sure i mean he would have been a great trade asset of course but at this point in time i mean he's done so well for the kings that you might as well just resign him, not resign him, extend him. well this this is uncharted water
0: for the kings we're actually winning
1: mm-hmm. it's
0: uncharted waters it's not it's an it's a feeling that let's be honest harrison barnes has actually forgotten he's not really found any success <laughs> since he's left golden state like don't forget that and yeah it's been a while and right now like the vibes are so good and it and now that you now that you resigned. um resigned monty mcnair that cloud is gone so the vibes just keep, continue to get better and you know why not just go uh, Is it a isn't an all-in move to extend harrison barnes because it does lock him in and you know assuming he doesn't you know he is going to decline as a player you know that's just that's just the thing with age but i think he's gonna i personally believe he'll age gracefully for the most part and you know as as he ages keegan rises to kind of you know to you know lessen the lessen the burden on Harrison Barnes so I think it just makes sense for him to get an extension now him does he want an extension that's a whole nother conversation but I assume with just how you know like the first modicum of success that Sacramento has got and now they're on the right track like you know of course things could still fall apart it is the Kings after all (laughs) um like you know, we we do have a cushion between us and you know the 13 seed or like the 12th seed or the 11 seed. You know we're at we're just out of the play in, but th- we built up a bit of a cushion to the point where unless something unless something really really unfortunate happens, I highly doubt we're going to drop all the way out of the play in at this point.
1: Oh yeah, I feel like we should just ride out the season. You know, see where it goes. I mean, I mean, all our hopes are uh, you know. Going to the playoffs, of course. So, I mean, it's going to be a learning process for sure for this team, and definitely Barnes should be there to, you know, not, I guess, help <laughs> to, uh, to take us to
0: that promised land. I mean, help is a good word. Like, you know, he he he's a again, he is a winning player, and like he is a he is a guy that all winning teams, you know, would want. And also, this is another part, you can't really replace him due to how the salary cap works. So he's really your best option unless, for some reason, you can work a sign and trade with him for a better player. But who is that better player and why is he coming to Sacramento? You know, like when you win, things change. There's a lot of possibilities with him, but I'd rather just see an extension with him just to kind of quell that cloud over Sacramento as well. So, you know, Harrison, Harrison has earned it, I'll just
1: say. Yeah. No, another person in mind, how about Rashawn? You think Rashawn is gonna be staying with us? That's a tr- that's a tricky question.
0: Cause he's been playing well lately.
1: Yeah, I know.
0: <laughs> and especially I, I don't know like when Metsu is coming back because of his knee injury. Now he is okay. He practiced a shoot around. He was actually questionable coming into the game, which that's interesting. But like, you know, without without Metsu. Rashawn becomes a bit of a luxury to have to have around and again he's been playing well lately and maybe he's finally maybe he's finally kind of rediscovering some of his rhythm he's been a very good soldier behind the scenes uh, by the way so you, you know we'll see like you'll have to talk we'll have to talk with Rashawn or the Kings will have to talk with Rashawn about just you know what he wants does he want to stay here does he want to be part of the beam team. You know, if he does, like, why not keep him? Because I I don't think he's gonna go for much is the thing. If there's a godfather offer, then sure. Well not a godfather offer, there's like a really like player that the Kings really, really need, and that team wants Rashawn Holmes, then sure. But if he wants to stay and you can't really get like really let us if you can't get anything like really good for him, I don't see a point in doing it. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Okay. Uh, some quick. Oh, also, just the last note about the, Mon, the Monty extension. The the Kings have finally established stability over the next few years. You know, one of the one of the biggest mistakes the Kings always do, they hire a coach before the GM, and each time it becomes a cycle where you know the new GM comes in, they want their coach, but they're stuck with the old coach. It happened with uh Pete DeLisandro and uh and Vlade Vlade wanted Dave Yeager and he was stuck with uh George Carl for a year for example and that you know that that disaster ha- happened and then um Vladi brought in Luke and then vlade resigned the next year and monty McNair was you know they tried to work it out as best they could but he was stuck with Luke for for a year and of mm-hmm. uh, 17 games I think it was before he was fired so now you finally have a GM and the coach and the coach that he hired. So now you finally have that symbi symbios symbiosis, a new word that I just learned lately. Uh symbiosis between the front office and the coaching staff. Finally, and then of course, like that coaching staff is really like gelling with the players as well. You finally have that organizational symbiosis. And, that is, that is the sign of a, of an organization that is going to be able to sustain success, find and sustain success. So this is a very, very good thing going forward. And there's not a lot of bad things I can say about this. Like, sure, Monty McNair had a shaky start, but he, he's been able, he's been able to kind of like really nail this off season. And, you know, Adrian grants granted, it's a bit of PR from him, you know, Monty could be, you know, an executive of the year candidate.
1: Hmm. Oh, yeah, of course. I mean, you know, of course, everything comes with time, especially with the Kings, how, uh, you know, things uh, were played out. But right now we have kind of like the puzzle pieces that kind of come together. We just need, uh, I want to say a few more. (laughs) And and we have, you know, quite a few years just to uh, figure that stuff out or find those pieces, I guess
0: but the, the most, the most important piece I think has been put, put together. Like mm-hmm. you finally got, you know, again, symbiosis, um, organizational alignment uh, I think is another way of describing it between, you know, players, coaching staff and front office. And I believe the owner as well, like Vivek, you know, he's kind of gotten out of the way and he's kind of let basketball people do basketball things uh, for the most part. So for, i guess credit to the vet for just you know not fucking it up
1: yeah just have him worry about i guess the money issues or whatnot yeah just write the checks yeah you know it, you,
0: know, you have you can have an opinion but like don't don't just don't go in there and start interfering or uh meddling is the word that's constantly right. used to...
1: i mean he got 50 into the game <laughs> i he, guess he, he gets 50 50 in a lot of games it's so odd. Yeah it's because we have we signed by a multi-year deal with uh 50s like champagne i think i guess thing (laughs) i don't know but he feels like he almost lives in sacramento now i'm
0: i'm pretty sure he can afford just a you know a vacation home here and he just stays here for a month or two but
1: he's been a lot of games he lit the beam twice like what celebrity has done that yeah, I know he would have whipped Fox. Out. He he literally grabbed his hand. He's like, Yeah, we're riding this together. <laughs> and I forgot who he did it. Was it wasn't Metsu that he did it
0: with as well. Mm-hmm. There was another guy, but I, I forgot which one it is. But that, that that that's that's not important. Um yeah, so good thing Amani McNair has uh been has uh yeah, inked an extension. So that those demons are finally gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, Just a little bit of quick news. Uh, Josh Jackson has joined the Stockton Kings. He was on the Kings main roster last year. And now uh, I I was actually somewhat surprised no other team picked him up. But he is in the G League. He is with the Stockton Kings. Hopefully he just kind of gets his act together, honestly.
1: Yeah, I mean, good for him for, you know, sticking around, I guess. Hopefully some team, you know, finds his value somehow somewhere i don't know who but it's crazy that he was drafted before fox that's yeah (laughs) thanks for reminding me that because yeah that is pretty ridiculous what was he second or third he was fourth he was fourth fourth okay (laughs) yeah so it was it was markel
0: lonzo uh tatum him and then fox
1: uh that's
0: uh yeah The, the three i mean i love markel lonzo is just injured tatum is a tatum is one of the best players in the league and then there's josh jackson yeah. and fox is a franchise player so yeah it's a bit rough but you know hopefully hopefully he does find his way i, I don't know like when this far in your career if you just still haven't figured out i don't know if you're ever going to but i wish the best for him oh yeah okay well uh you weren't here for uh yeah again uh, two episodes Meanwhile, the 49ers have been finding success. Talk to me about the Cowboys
1: game. Oh, man. I got to say, it, it was pretty like defense versus defense, to be honest, uh, throughout the game. Um, pretty Wasn't it like
0: 17 to 10, I think, was the final score?
1: Jeez, uh, it, it was low scoring. It's, it's one of the lowest scoring games that we've had this season. And, you know, both Dallas and 49ers have top tier defenses that, we're just bowing each other uh 17 and 12 17 way. and 12 sorry. or 19 and 12 what am I saying
0: close enough i I had seven in there
1: but uh was I about to say but yeah it's uh she was about to say oh each team only scored one touchdown which not <laughs> is, is not really great but I mean like I said uh what call both teams uh defenses pretty much uh, stopped the other team from like getting any further. And it was pretty much a call kickers game at this point. I mean shout out to Robbie Gold, Gold Gold, uh for you know making those kicks because Brent Marth Mayor star jeez, geez, I'm scoring. I words.
0: have I have heard I've watched the highlights for the game before. Yeah. Uh, and uh, didn't he miss like four in a row or maybe yeah, even that, five
1: in a row, even? Like, no, four. But it was four. Okay. It, yeah. That was, that was crazy. I actually watched that game and I, I felt bad. After two, I was like, okay, third one, you're going to make it right. Still misses. I'm like, uh, he's been, the weird thing is, he's missed more in that game. In all season before that, he's only missed three throughout every single game before that one game, and he missed more in that just one game. That's crazy, yeah.
0: I mean, I guess just playoff yips. It, it happens Some sometimes, you know, it, it just happens. I'll just say,
1: but yeah, that uh, whatchamacallit, uh, whatchamacallit pass to Kittle was probably like one of the saving graces during that uh what call it fourth quarter and also uh what call it that flag that he got as well and you know the drive for Christian McCaffrey pretty much I wouldn't say sealed the deal because uh mistakes were made afterwards for the 49ers uh but I mean do you actually see the very last drive that the Dallas uh, Cowboys did I, I have not watched
0: the highlights so no
1: it is laughable i guess you could say very laughable the, uh, the was,
0: title of this video from chisel to Don is, is the cowboys choked so i uh, i assume something i assume it's something silly
1: it's pretty silly uh it is almost at silly i don't know what's worse like last year's uh 49ers versus dallas cowboys game uh to you know go to nfc championship uh what you want to call it where Dak uh couldn't get into a quad ball or uh you know this last ending drive that uh Dallas Cowboys did this year. So I I recommend watching both if you <laughs> I the think I know what you're talking about.
0: I think I know the play you're talking about, but uh okay. Well that, that is the that is the game, you know. Uh 49ers will be facing the Philadelphia Eagles. Of course, I know I you know, I'm probably asking the wrong guy to be objective, but how do you feel about that game? Do, do the 49ers have it?
1: I'd say it's going to be tough still. Um, both defenses is going to be key contributors to the game. Uh, both offenses, I'd say pretty even for the most part, I, I want to say... Um, but we'll have to see like i said i think the defense is, for both sides is going to be key contributors uh in getting stops and hopefully some picks and uh you know hopefully we'll see some touchdowns
0: okay you heard it you heard it here first there will be defense there will be offense and there will be football that's yeah, basically what i just took it, away from what you just said
1: it's it's hard to tell <laughs> but to be honest when it c- comes to football anything could happen like I said, if you watch That's that, another final, great
0: line: anything can happen.
1: Anything can happen. Anything is possible. Wrong, wrong, sport, wrong, sport, yeah. wrong sport. Wrong sport.
0: <laughs> wrong Wrong line.
1: Wrong city. But, uh, uh, yeah, like I said, it, anything can happen. Especially you know, however, whatever uh are drive that Cowboys did that. That surprised me. It it just made me burst into laughter.
0: Okay. Well, uh the Dallas Cowboys uh and 49ers 19 to 12. Will they will both teams score more than that?
1: For the Niners but and Eagles. Eagles game? <sighs> like I guess it's tough to say. Like it could be a well, it could be a it's very uh close game. Uh okay. because I I thought, you know, the Bengals and Bills game would have been like a high scoring game, but I mean the Bengals took the cake very early and kept the drive going, but for the Eagles and Niners, I feel like it's gonna be a, a very kind of low game, maybe well or maybe a close to around the 20s each. And uh like I said, we just gotta get the stops. Okay.
0: Well, all right. Well, that's all I needed to hear. Okay, to close out this uh quick episode. Uh, I asked Fong to come up with a wild prediction for the NBA. We're gonna just jump back and forth here, but yes. So, give me your wild prediction for something that's gonna happen. Anything that's gonna happen in the NBA. I didn't even specify for the rest of the season, but what what, what is your prediction for something wild that's gonna happen in the NBA?
1: Oh, geez, I I just thought something for the trade deadline. I I didn't think. You, I didn't um, know.
0: yeah, you can do trade deadline. It doesn't matter.
1: I, I feel like since the Raptors are going to, you know, it feels like they're going to blow it up, right? In terms of uh, the, just... There are rumors that
0: none are as sick. They, they're, they're, we don't know, basically. Yeah. There's rumors.
1: Yeah. I feel like the Raptors are going to keep their young guys, of course. But it seems like, uh what's his name? is not, Fred VanVleet isn't too happy, I've heard, uh, with the Raptors at the moment.
0: Okay, so 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 okay, so you're predicting a
1: blow-up, right? Yeah. Uh, I feel like, you know, since, you know, the Clippers are up there in terms of uh, a team. It's just, you know, unfortunate um, injuries, and, uh, you know, I feel like they need a point guard. My prediction is they somehow get either Fred or maybe Mike Connolly since kind of like Utah, I, oh, you were about to say?
0: No, go, go no, keep going. I'll, I'll I'll give my thoughts.
1: Because I feel like Utah, I mean, Mike Conley is still a great player. I feel like, no offense, he's just wasting his uh, time there. How and, dare you? <laughs> <laughs> he's wasting his time there. And he should be in the win, I want not say winning, I, in a playoff ready team to, you know, actually make something happen okay let me
0: just so they are but, currently the seven seed they're ta- they're, they're half a game behind the clippers <laughs> which is really
1: funny it's it's <laughs> just so weird because we always thought oh they're they're gonna be tanking they want that Yama, but nope, they're you know in the uh, playoff conversation and who knows what will happen towards the end of the season but i mean they're in right now
0: yeah, so, it, I, so I had said before, like, it would be incredible if the Celtics would get their hands on Conley. Mm-hmm. But LA, it's actually a better idea because, you know, I, I mean, granted, Tatum and Brown have, like, blossomed to the point where you can argue they're just as good as Kawhi and PG. But, you know, a few years ago, I was saying, like, for the longest time, the Clippers needed a point guard. They just don't have that, uh, like a guy that organizes the offense. Like, you know, PG and Kawhi are good, but they're not point guards. They're just not. So Mm -hmm. you always needed a guy. And, you know, they, I I, I had said like beforehand Tatum and Brown were kind of middle-class versions of Kawhi and PG, but you know, of course now they're, they're probably just as good, but so, but the same issues still lie there. Like Celtics, I think need a point guard. I think Marcus Smart is really good. I think you could do better. But the Clippers, they need a point guard,
1: mm-hmm. and
0: Mike Conley would be great. Fred VanVleet's interesting. I t- I don't think he's that type of point guard though. He's more of a scorer than anything. He, you know, he, he would be good. I don't think he would be what what they would need. Um, mm-hmm. But Mike Conley would be great if they can somehow get their hands on Mike Conley. Do it. Trade, yeah. you know, Trey Terrence Man, Trey Covington, uh wh- whoever. Uh, I was actually hoping they would try and trade for uh, Rashawn, and we can get Terrence Man back. But it doesn't seem like they believe in centers, so hmm. you, you know, I, I don't think that's ever going to happen. But yeah, I mean, um, so here, here's my question for you about the Raptor up D- Does do Pascal and OG are are they still on that team? Do do you predict?
1: <sighs> that's that's tough because I feel like uh like you said anything uh is on the trade block for the Raptors at this moment did you and try really hard not to say anything is possible <laughs> I tried not to but <laughs> but uh was about to say for sure Pascal not too sure about OG I feel like OG should be safe but um I mean for the right trade I feel like uh the Raptors are willing to let them go
0: I think OG's more likely to get traded just because his price is lower. Because if rumors are to be believed, because of the fucking Rudy Gobert trade, everyone wants five picks. <laughs> or Masai specifically wants five picks for Pascal. Now, I think OG apparently has three picks. That, that can all be just posturing. Like, I don't think Pascal's going to go for five picks. Uh-huh. So, I, I, I don't know. It's hard for me to like really predict who's going to be on the team or who's not. Yeah, I, my gut, in, at least from what I've heard from Raptors people, Pascal will probably stay on the team just because the price is too high. And but OG is very likely going to be traded, and Fred Van Vliet is just kind of all over the place. Like there's rumors to, about him to Phoenix. That's actually kind of interesting, but you know Pascal is hard for me to see because like someone's got to belly up a lot of shit. I don't know if any team's going to do that.
1: Yeah, would be pretty. <laughs> Terrible if all of a sudden, uh, what you would call Toronto just gave Fred we his extension. I don't think that's terrible. Like, why not? You do need to get, you
0: do need to trade like one of the guys just because it's just not working. You just need a like a mini reset. I don't think you need to blow it up, but like, you're what are they right now? They're, they're outside the playing, which is they're behind the bulls. Jesus Christ. Um, there were, it's just not working you, you need you need a shakeup somehow and you know I, I i'm look i'm an advocate for actually keeping pascal just because i don't get why him and scotty can't work just because those are two talented guys but you need shooters you really
1: desperately need shooters yeah i mean time will tell um it's gonna be probably a slow process for them in my opinion because i don't think All these trades will, you know, make them blossom back up to, uh, you know, playoff contenders or even final contenders. So we'll have to see because, (laughs) yeah, like I said, it's not working.
0: I I will say, like, you know, a lot of people were like saying, you know, when before Rudy and Mitchell got traded, they were like, if you trade them, you're going to be a bottom-dwelling team. Look at them now. Sometimes, like you take a step back and somehow you take a step forward. I'll just mm-hmm. say that. Okay, for my bull prediction, look, this is going to get me get me into Twitter into Sacramento Kings Twitter hell. But this team is is, let's see, they are currently one game out of the play in, and this team just made a trade. Although I made this prediction before they made the trade. I think the Lakers are going to make the playoffs. And I think, I think, now, granted, I originally thought they were going to make the play-in, but my prediction is that they are going to get into the sixth seed and they are going to play the games in the playoffs. Oh, that's a bold prediction. Jesus! This is before the Rui stuff, but with how they've been playing, now, granted, it's nothing to really, like, be bragging about by any means, but... They have played with a certain level of grittiness about them. Like there's a lot of come come from behind wins. Like the game they had against Portland, that was a really, really good win for them. Just, you know, you're you're in the you're in the dumps. They were down, I think, 23 or 26 at halftime and somehow came back. They score. They outscore. I think they score forty points in the third quarter. They they have a they have a switch in them. Now, granted, they don't know how to activate. They don't know how to turn it on all the time, but they have they have these bursts where they look like a good team. And this is all without AD. So when AD comes back, they probably get better. And I just think with how smushed, how just like, how just even. That part of the that part of like the Western Conference playoffs is, I just think like they with when Ad comes back they are gonna shoot back up. Now I don't know if that's gonna shoot them back up into the 60, but that that I think that will help them. I don't think that's a radical thing. And now that they add a Rui Hachimura, now granted a lot of people have kind of like dashed my hopes of him being good by saying he's not all that good. Because I'll be honest, I watch the only thing I know about him is when he plays against Kings games. He's very good against the Kings.
1: So
0: <laughs> you know, he you know, like now that they added him, they now they just have more firepower on their team. And yeah. I think they're they have a gear in them to shoot to shoot up the playoffs. Uh <laughs> shoot up into uh, the playoffs, I mean.
1: Yeah. Uh I gotta say. I feel like the Lakers only had maybe maybe two or three steps up. Of course, they got rid of Kendrick Nunn, who wasn't playing good. They got Actually, rid- he, he was playing
0: good. I I don't think they I don't think they lose anything. So no, that's just me.
1: Especially for what he they got for Rui, it, I I felt like it was a steal. <laughs> here's a here's a pretty hot take.
0: Yeah, I thought he, I thought it was a great deal for the Lakers.
1: Yeah, but uh. Do you think the Wizards traded Rui to the Lakers? Well, here's a hot take. I mean, it's, it's not if you think it, uh the Wizards traded Rui to the Lakers because they felt bad for trading Westbrook to the Lakers and getting assets back.
0: No, they so apparently they, they wanted to extend them and they just and he really yeah. didn't want to. It was like a 12 million dollar per year type thing, and he said no. Really? And, and there was actually it like an interview, literally, it was the game, it was the last game where he played as a wizard, where he, where basically they asked him, did you demand a trade? And he said, no comment.
1: And then later,
0: <laughs> I forgot what the follow-up question was, but his answer was basically saying, I want, I want to, I want to be on a team that wants me as a basketball player. Mm. And- so they
1: No, they were done with him. Mm. And definitely the Lakers are going to utilize him to, you know, maximum potential. And especially with the, whatchamacallit, the fans, I, I, I for sure, hundred percent, the fans are going to love Rui, especially, uh, you know, having, a, such a big, prominent white Japanese community as well. So, uh, this is also, this is
0: also interesting. I, I heard of Fred Katz, the, uh, beat writer, the well, former beat writer for the wizards when when Rui was drafted, the Wizards got a bunch of like sponsorship deals with Japanese, with the, the Japanese people, because mm-hmm. he's kind of a hero over there. Yeah. As the years have gone on, they've slowly faded the, those advertised those sponsorships, and with that, so has Rui's role in, on the team. You know, he he was a starter when he got drafted. Slowly got relegated to the bench after mm-hmm. that, and of course, part of it is injuries. So basically, he his prominence on the role just kept fading year after year and you know he just i guess he just didn't show enough improvement over the years to for them to make it worthwhile for them to really keep him around
1: hmm uh, i see because there, wasn't there also another uh what you call it rumor where both uh the sons and bucks i believe were in a freeway talk with the wizards for Rui? Or really, they, w-
0: all of them involved involve Jay Crowder and that might have been a yeah. Jay Crowder
1: thing more than yeah, anything. Yeah. So it was a Jay Crowder thing. Yeah, it didn't work out at the end because I mean the Wizards I I mean it's technically the same deal in a way where they would also get three second rounders and it's just a salary dump instead of like you know kindred none. So and I believe why like Jay would go to Bugs and I forgot what the Sun oh the Suns get Rui. Really, I forgot. Yeah
0: something along those lines yeah I've heard heard those but ultimately he ends up with the Lakers and you know I I have thought like you know he he would kind of fit on the Kings it'd be it'd be a tricky fit just because he's kind of he would it would be a bit of a logjam with him and Keegan because they kind of actually do the same thing Mm -hmm. so like he probably either one of him or Keegan comes off the bench and you know that could stunt his growth like thinking about it but, you know, I just thought you upgrade in talent. He's a young guy. There's still potential there. It doesn't fix any of your problems defensively. But, like, that's a lot. That's firepower that you, that you could bring up off the bench, you know?
1: Yeah, I, I definitely we would have loved here on the Kings. It's just, in my opinion, as much as a great player Rui is, it doesn't fix the thing that I want from, uh, you know, improving from our bench uh, from Rui, which is, you know, I guess more playmaking <laughs> and uh, a bigger guy in my opinion. I yeah, am, it's what? a it's a tricky
0: guy to find, I'll just say. Like yeah. that that player you're talking about, uh, it's
1: it's hard. Oh yeah, that's for sure. But uh, yeah, congrats to Akers for getting Rui. I, I still wish we somehow got him.
0: Yeah, and you know, the, we easily could have. De- we have extra second round picks, and we, you know, you could have just thrown in Alex Len or Terrence Davis in there.
1: you know. And have you seen the second round picks that the Bakers gave? It, one was like a 2029, I believe, or 2028. I forgot.
0: Yeah, who gives a shit? I think it's what I think it's. I think one of them was a Chicago pick. And then yeah. there's like rules about like, oh, it, it won't convey of this and that. I don't, who gives a shit? There's second round picks. I don't, it doesn't even really matter if you give up three of them, but. It, there's another take takeaway from this is that the the wizards have really sucked at drafting like you know i loved johnny davis in the draft but there is no argument for for me to to say he's good he's been good this year he's mm-hmm. not and it's on the wizards for not being able to draft him. Corey kispert is probably a decent enough player but what's his what's his ceiling you know and then Rui kind of falls into that let's like You drafted him, I think, with the seventh or ninth pick. I don't remember. It's somewhere around there. Yeah, and it it really highlights, just you know, how badly they drafted. I don't even hate the position they're in, where they're just kind of perpetually in the play-in range. If you could, if you could actually draft well, you could have gotten out of that rut. And you know, Rui is kind of a reminder that they don't fuck. They just keep fucking up in the draft. Like, you know, you won't, you won't trade Beal and <laughs> you know like you don't have to bottom out but you, you, you're not hitting on your draft picks and unfortunately this is a real reminder that you really did you really did screw up that draft although granted i'm not going to pretend i can name someone they could have someone else they could have drafted to be honest
1: yeah oh yeah i mean we'll see to what the wizards do i I'm yeah still kind of. They're, they're apparently the re one of the reasons why is because they want to Open up the cap space to resign Kuzma. So Kuzma's been good. So you know, oh, I, I don't yeah. hate that. I mean, I would keep all your young players for sure. But Beal is kind of like that guy who I feel I should definitely leave or get traded out somehow. He's got no trade clause, so Oh, I yeah. forgot about that. <laughs>
0: the, yeah, I, I I'm not the biggest uh, Bradley Beal fan. I'll just say that um yeah so my my prediction lakers are going to make the playoffs i I actually just i wish i could just say they make the play-in because honestly i don't think they'll make the six seed but i you know to be bold i'll just say they make the six seed
1: i would say they'll sneak in somehow whether it's the play-in or maybe borderline eighth is this would this be a more bold take minnesota makes the play-in oh i mean so far they're in the play-in spot just it's i so think they'll tough. make the play and you
0: traded five
1: draft picks oh my god please make the play. uh please I, just make the plan i just want I, I actually want them to get out just to see you <laughs> just to laugh at them because
0: i'll I, be like i i am I, it's i'm a bad person for this i take so i take so much joy watching their misery that that's just me but yeah <laughs> Yeah. Okay, well, uh, this has gone a little bit longer than I would like, uh, so we're going to actually call it an episode. Uh, thank you guys for listening to this one. Um, a little bit of breaking news. Uh, hopefully you enjoyed it, and hopefully you enjoyed the return of Fong. This He'll be Mr. Special Guest from now on.
1: Yeah, well, uh, we'll see you guys later.